And now on Radio Verulam, part three of Coronaville, a comedy in five parts. Lockdown starting to bite on Dolphin Street. Careful, you're scuffing the wall. There, look, with your bags. Perdita Smythe Johnson is not a happy bunny. She's had a filthy, smelly, homeless man foisted on her as part of the government's plan to keep everyone safe and off the streets. With a book full of cancellations and a mortgage payment due, the call from the council could not have been more timely. But must she really accept this... this creature into her lovely little B&B? She'll have to get the exterminator in. She could cry. And he isn't even grateful. She forgoes the usual patter and slams the door behind her. No one has fully explained to Ginger why he has to be in here at all. The scent of the sheets is overpowering and the walls are so close. He won't survive in a sterile environment like this. Not after all these years. That's because Ginger has evolved. He's hardly human anymore. He's so intricately knitted into the primordial mysteries of the natural earth that for him... There is no going back. He is the throb of a ley line, the searching touch of the sun, the gleam on a raven's black shoulder. He holds the vastness of the world to his heart, and the love he feels in return has transfigured him. For those with eyes to see, he radiates a spirit of unadulterated goodness and peace. It's hot enough today to actually skimp on clothing, and Ursula Schönhausen is doing just that. Down to her undies, in fact, in the miniature sun trap that is her courtyard garden. She's catching up with the Woman's Hour podcast while pressing Peter's work pants, and has just come across a very curious fact. Pasta. You remember Pasta, don't you? Disappeared after God knows where a few weeks ago, along with all the loo rolls. Well, it seems pasta is still to be had if you're not too fussy where you go to get it. Pasta from Anne Summers? What? Oh, I see. Penis-shaped pasta. Ugh, these Brits. Whatever next. Binky Cadwallader calls to her from his balcony up in the eaves of the nursing home on Acorn Avenue. She hasn't seen this one before. I see. This hand-washing business will all be radio CD by the time this is over. Never known anything like it. Extraordinary. Ursula wonders how long he's been there. Good to see a young, healthy woman such as yourself enjoying the sun. Not allowed out or I'd be over there like a shot to keep you company. She ignores him, engaging conversation and you'll never hear the end of it. Keep your pecker up, that's what I say, and enjoy yourself. Might as well. We'll be paying through the nose for all this coroner disease. Won't get me, of course. I might be 97, but there's life in the old dog yet. Orca Bradley holds up a particularly wiggly worm and sees how far it will stretch. He's been digging them up in the garden as part of a spurious biology lesson instigated by his daddy, Simon. It has fallen to Simon to educate the five-year-old since the schools closed last week, 
and it's already proving exhausting. Orca simply burns through the activities Simon comes up with, leaving hours still to fill. How do these teachers do it? And now they'll have to go through the aggravating routine of singing Happy Bloody Birthday twice while the little poppet washes his hands. Oh, to possess the copyright to that bit of doggerel. Think of the tidal wash of cash coming in. He'd be able to employ a tutor or send Orca to a jolly good school abroad. Or better still, by himself his very own one-man desert island thousands upon thousands of miles away from the word... Why? We're outside number 69 Dolphin Street. A number with no significance whatsoever, you naughty boy. As Brian Littlejohn likes to say far too often. He does lay it on a bit thick, but big blousy Brian is a joy to all who know him. Everyone agrees. Everyone that is, but Rob over the road Jones. He'd like to take a big pointy pin and deflate the overblown windbag once and for all. Gays shouldn't have to ingratiate themselves like that anymore, he says passionately into the bathroom mirror. I should have the... No, God, what am I saying? No, they should have the courage to shout, this is who I am, I'm out, I'm proud and nuts to the lot of you. I'd die before I sucked up to all these homophobic old fossils around here. And he cries actual tears. What's happening to him? His girlfriend, Crystal, can't understand why he's been so upset ever since Brian took in sweet little Jamie, a nurse whose landlord evicted him because he might get COVID-19. The two of them are just so delightful together. Crystal has been furloughed, which isn't as painful as it sounds. 80% of her salary, courtesy of the government, to stay at home doing nothing. Result. She's about to start writing her smash it blockbuster romance about how she and Rob first met. How she helped him find the courage to ask her out. How that terrible row in Clacton made them stronger. And how their future is sealed. Now they're expecting their first adorable little babykins. She'll get Rob to take a picture of her posed and poised at her laptop to share with the waiting world. Crystal Cannington, writer of superlative fiction. Oh, mind yourselves, there goes King of the Road, Kevin Dobson and his Vauxhall Vivaro delivery van. He's been thrashing that thing for two weeks, now the roads are so empty. He got 72.5 miles per hour out of it up the high street yesterday. What used to take most of the day, he gets done in only a few hours, particularly as he doesn't have to carry heavy items indoors anymore. <laughs> he used to get some rows off the old biddies for that in the beginning. He even featured on the front cover of the Gazette with the headline, Is this the most uncaring man in Britain? All changed now, of course. He had a disinfectant squeezy bottle aimed at him the other day when he got too close. It's eleven o'clock in the morning, and poor old Norman Daly stands outside his favourite cafe, scratching forlornly at the window. What he wouldn't do for a proper barista cup of coffee and a sit-down with the paper. He's lost in this new landscape. It's a ghost town out here. 
He's still perturbed by an item on the radio this morning. Is it worth flushing the entire economy down the toilet with this nationwide lockdown simply in order to save older members of the population who are already vulnerable? Good God, has it come to this? It'll be extermination camps next. Why did we bother a defeat Hitler? Coronaville was produced under lockdown conditions by writer Jane Fuchs in her pyjamas and narrated and recorded by Jill Priest when the kids were asleep.